Webster's Dictionary defines compliance as the action or fact of complying with a wish or command. This is the Compliance Guy. The Compliance Guy. As a healthcare provider or healthcare professional, navigating the muddy waters of compliance can get tricky. And that's why we're here. Helping you mitigate risk while increasing your profitability. This is the Compliance Guy. Now, here's your host, Sean Weiss. All right. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is February 13th, 2024. And as always, I want to begin by saying thank you all so much for tuning in, logging on, and just hanging out with me for a little while. Being that it is a Tuesday after Super Bowl Sunday, which I don't think anybody really cared about it, uh, I get to welcome my good friend Terry Fletcher to the show and something that you all will care about is our topic of conversation today. So how you doing, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I love hashtag Terry Tuesdays. And first, I just want to shout out today's my daughter's birthday. So February 13th. So happy birthday, Summer. And here we go. Happy birthday to Summer. <laughs> happy birthday. Oh, no. To Summer. Oh, happy no. Happy birthday, dear Summer. We'll see you in the fall. All right, here we go. So, Terry, it's good to be on with you. We're not going to waste anybody's time talking about the Super Bowl because much like me, probably 90% of the people out there could care less about the Super Bowl. And those of you that who did care about the Super Bowl, I'm happy for you. And if your team won, great. And if your team lost, great. All right, now, (laughs) yes, I am a bitter Miami Dolphins fan. You are. Yes, I am. I am, but it is what it is, and we'll we'll see what happens in twenty twenty four. So, yeah. All right. So today we are talking about HIPAA. Yes, and we are talking about HIPAA with two P's and or with one P and two A's. See, I even got myself. <laughs> you already messed one. it up. <laughs> I did. I did, and I'm not going to edit it out because I deserve to be embarrassed for. <laughs> saying two p's instead of two a's okay but i did catch i did catch myself all right so listen you know in all seriousness you know the health insurance portability and accountability act is not something that people can ignore you shouldn't ignore it you have to be compliant with it because we live in a day and age where we are all relying on technology we are relying on portals we're relying on third-party business associates to encrypt protect safeguard our information but are they well here's the other question what else is going on in the world of hipaa that maybe some of us aren't as aware of but we need to be so terry i'm gonna let you kind of i'm gonna hand you the baton and let you uh take this next quarter mile okay So first of all, I think a lot of people are misinformed on certain violations or maybe just don't know some things. So let's, I'm going to clear up a couple things, uh, you know, right out of the gate. First of all, there's some fallacies on HIPAA. And again, it is H-I-P-A-A. Okay. Just the acronym is Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Those are two A's. 
But I remember in the days of COVID, you know, somebody would say, well, you can't ask me if I had my vaccine because that's a HIPAA violation. No, it isn't. It's rude, but it's not a violation unless you're a HIPAA, HIPAA entity or you work with a HIPAA entity and it's your responsibility for keeping patients PHI or EPHI, their protected health information, safe and private. But fast forward, we have a lot of technology that is updated um, at this point where there's not a lot of manual work when it comes to entering patient information. Some practices still wait till you get to the office. That's why they say get there 15 minutes early so you can fill out the clipboard. But most practices are saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and have you fill out information that is on uh, our, your, in your portal and we're going to set you up an account from our website. Or they'll say just, you know, you could go in and fill it out on the website and set it up yourself. But to me, that is almost like the self-checkout at Walmart, where basically you're doing some of their job for them. And that's okay if that's, you know, how the office workflows run. But let's think about this for a second. Most practice owners do not understand a rule, and this is a HIPAA violation if you're not careful. How you collect data on your website is equally as important as the data itself. So even if a patient doesn't necessarily mention their medical condition, if their information that they're giving you is contributory to anything that has to do with them coming to your office, it could be their demographic information, their credit card information. Um, they could be giving you information on their uh, insurance coverage. And then obviously these portal questionnaires ask, have you ever had? It's, it's an inventory of why are you seeing us? That could still be considered protected health information when collecting this information on your website or through digital means. So there's some things that you have to ensure, and then I'm going to throw it back over to Sean, because I know he he's probably dealt with this. First of all, only the necessary people can have access to this. It should not be an open-ended free-for-all. It's kind of like telehealth, where you can't have public-facing platforms. You can't have an audience. So say, re remember the same thing when it comes to collecting information. It has to be data that is sent in a secure, encrypted manner. You know, even if it's a password protected email, it has to be where it's between you and the patient. It has to be stored, the data, in a HIPAA compliant location. Privacy, privacy, privacy. So if you have your staff working from home collecting this and they don't have HIPAA compliance in their remote location, you could be in violation. And then one of the biggest things is you have to have a system to destroy data that's no longer needed. You can't keep it. It's no longer needed. And so, and then one of the things, and then I'll send it over to Sean that drives me crazy, is that you have to make sure that you're working with a marketing company because what do you have your website for? To attract patients. So you have to make sure that marketing company understands HIPAA compliance and steps to fix it if they don't realize this rule. So you, you a lot of marketing companies don't even have that information. They basically say, no, we're here to just make sure that your website looks pretty, that, you know, we can help you with access, that, you know, patients know where to have lunch if they're in the neighborhood and, you know, making sure they know who the providers are, but they never take into account that HIPAA compliant component of collecting information. And Sean, I'll throw it to you with this thought. As you know, there are certain methods of payments as well, like 
you know, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, that where they encourage public sharing. So people like, oh, you have Venmo, me too, blah, blah, blah. And patients can then see what you, what they've paid for, what they're, you know, um, sending over a copay for whatever, similar to these portals. And they are, those cash apps aren't necessarily HIPAA entities, but again, the practices are. So can you speak to, you know, what, what could happen with these violations? Because, you know, privacy is a, a kind of a big issue right now. And I also think people think it, it's CMS's job. No, it's HHS Office of, of Civil Rights. So I'll send it to you on that note. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> you know, marketing is something that folks need to be paying very close attention to, not only for potential HIPAA violations, but actually for violations tied to the False Claims Act, the anti-kickback statutes. Uh, I actually have a pharmacy case right now where there, and, and a DME case, I actually have two cases where marketing companies were involved. Um, I can't really go much beyond just saying that because of, you know, what's going on in these cases. They haven't been litigated yet, but you know, before you, let me, let me back up. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Nothing is for free. And those who are engaging in activities to drive referrals, to drive visitors to your site, You've got to be very, very careful. Um, Terry talked about the minimum necessary standard. And what that really means is that people should only have access to the information that they need to actually perform their job. Granting somebody at the front desk full unfettered access to an entire PMS and to an entire EMR for every single patient is not advisable. Why? Because some information is beyond their pay grade. So that's why you've got to create these protections. Marketing companies. Most marketing companies have zero understanding of Healthcare law. They are simply in the business to generate revenues based on referrals or traffic that they're able to send to a website. You know, you get these emails. I get them all the time. Would doctors management like to increase their SEO? Would you like to increase your accessibility and, you know, visibility? Folks, these are the things that you've got to be extremely careful with. Then you get into talking about taking payments online. Now you're getting into the red flag rules. You're getting into PCI compliance. You're getting into all of these other areas where if you are looking for the cheapest solution, you're probably setting yourself up for the greatest amount of headaches. OCR. Well, and now they also, yeah, well, now the OCR and HHS, they put out these 
uh, alerts showing patients and they send them to their home too. This is how you can complain about your practice, your doctor's office. This is how you can file violations. Don't think patients don't know now. And it's not just Medicare. It's anybody. Oh, it's who, yeah, it's every. And I think people also forget that, that every time we, we talk about, you know, HIPAA or government regulation, they think it's only about Medicare. No, no, no. This is about, you know, HHS is, you know, health and human services. This is about all healthcare entities. And there's, there's all these gray areas because I think people think, well, you know, my website is just asking generic questions or there, there's so many protections now for patients, not just with the No Surprise Act and payments, but when we get into HIPAA, now there's some extra protections for mental health patients, behavioral health patients, and different diagnoses. So now it's a lot of times, you know, based on, on diagnosis too, not just, remember, Sean, years ago, uh, we treated AIDS patients differently. Their, theirs was not just protected, but locked protected. And, and so, and I think it's still there. I don't know if it's still there uh, as far as that rule, but I think what's missed in a lot of things is that I don't think people realize that generic information, if it's in the context of collecting health information, even if it's not necessarily diagnosis related, it still could be considered the patient's health, protected health information. So insurance information, um, you know, demographics, and you just don't want to be caught with that, with that information leaking out and patients then coming back and saying, wait, you know, how did this get out when I was on a patient portal or I was on your website and all of a sudden I'm getting marketing material every single day to buy this support or, you know, to go to this hospital or this is the only ASC for me, you know, or this is the lab, you know, center and people hate it. <laughs> Yeah, they do. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, how I, many I think, political messages are we getting on our phones just because we yeah. liked something on Twitter? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if you don't think these websites have bots and trick, you know, tracking mechanisms, worms, keystroke audits, things like that, guess again. We live in a day and age where just simply going to a website now automatically shows up in your feed. Yeah. Um, well, look at what we were talking about on the, um, the, the round table, uh, the other week yeah. where, um, with, with, uh, what was it with AI? It was something, shoot, I just lost my train of thought, but it was something where, oh, it was with AI where basically people thought it was all safe where they got into, you know, AI and this EMR come to find out that the AI programmed the EMR to only prescribe these three medications that, the EMR actually had, or this AI company had stock options with, and it's like, oh my gosh. So coming back to our topic, like you said, you know, these marketing companies, these companies that handle websites and any kind of promotion material and anything to get patients in your office, once it turns into patients now are accessing these sites, whether it be a website, a portal, you know, um, anything where now they could be tracked. Like Sean said, you're in, you could be in violation of, you know, the, the HIPAA rules and that's expensive. What is the violation? Do you know, Sean, what the off the top of your head, what a violation I mean, is? you know, for, for, you know, non-egregious acts, I mean, they can, you know, be 10,000, they could, 
go up $25,000, $50,000. They could go wow. to $100,000, $250,000 for malicious intent. I mean, wow. I had a client whose initial, whose initial demand from OCR was over $16 million. Oh and they wound God. up settling for $1.5 million in a five-year resolution agreement. So, you know, listen, it, it there is a HIPAA police department. There is. They take this stuff seriously. And they are looking for the big fish to fry. But in the meantime, they're willing to catch all the little crappy and all the little... and. Crappy is actually a fish, okay? For those of you who don't fish, we have something called a crappy. Doesn't mean that, anyways. I don't know why I get sidetracked sometimes. But in the meantime, they are looking for the little fish in the big pond. Because the more little fish they get to, you know, to, to add up to that one big fish, I mean, it, it, it all pans out in the end. Um, there are a lot of websites that you could take a look at. You could go to www.ocr.gov, which is the office for civil rights. Um, you can simply go online to Google and do a Google search by typing in 2024 OCR violation penalty amounts. Um, I mean, this information is readily available. And one of the things that the government always says is that you should have known. And why should you have known? Because there's published guidance documents available for all of this stuff. So yeah. non-compliance, you know, you can't you can't attribute ignorance or stupidity to non-compliance. Well, and also like you, I, you know, I always, I actually have this written down, you know, there's bumper stickers of words you say sometimes and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on a bumper sticker, the deliberate ignorance, invited risk, things like that. But the, the one thing that I also think that, and this is the compliance guy podcast. Yes. It's hashtag Terry Tuesday. This is an episode that we do weekly, but remember there's a reason Sean does this. It's because he sees so much leakage in compliance and if you didn't know about this possible one rule about, you know, just your patient portal or your website, have you, how how long has it been since you've updated your HIPAA policies, your HIPAA, you know, compliance program? I know some people say, oh, we put that in, oh, wow, in 1999. Yeah, it, <laughs> there's been some updates since then. I mean, HIPAA has really been updated a lot since that time. So especially in the last three years, it seems like when COVID hit, and a lot of things were shut down. People had too much time on their hands and they were creating all kinds of policies and new regulation and published guidance. And it's hard to keep up with. So take a look at the, you know, go to the sites that Sean mentioned and you need to have somebody tasking that um, HIPAA policy in your office and you need to have one. It, it's, it should not be an option. You need to have one. Everyone should read it. Everyone should initial it. Make sure that people understand what your policies are in your office or how can you enforce them? If they don't know what the policies are, it's really hard to enforce and you don't want to have the mistake happen and somebody say, well, we didn't know. So, I mean, last night, okay, Sean doesn't want to talk about or the over the weekend, the Super Bowl, but here's a perfect example. The 49ers said they didn't know about the double overtime rule. They just thought that it was you know, whoever gets a field goal, then if the next person gets a touchdown, whoever scored a touchdown wins. Well, 
Kansas City knew about it. They were planning for it. And it's a now you now in, in postseason, it's a double overtime. Well, that's stupid. If you are in the Super Bowl and you don't know the rules, and all of a sudden now you have four Super Bowls where you've choked and you were ahead to start the game by 10 points. Okay, think of this in HIPAA terms. If you basically don't know the rules, but somebody else does, and the person who does or the entity that does is the one that finds you, you're going to have a problem. And so really time to start updating those, you know, policies, those procedures. It's it just, it just, it's unacceptable not to have updates. And Sean, I'll, I'll end my, my rant with that or, or my soliloquy there with that and send it over to you. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything that we were setting out to cover with regard to this, this topic. And, and, and again, it was a, kind of a narrow focus topic because of how massive HIPAA actually is. Um, I hope that this guidance has, um, and, and, and some of the, you know, insights that Terry has brought forward will at a minimum prompt you to begin looking at this stuff a little more closely. If you've been ignoring it, pull your head out of the sand and realize that you cannot act with reckless disregard or deliberate ignorance when it comes to compliance. Reach out to compliance professionals, reach out to your IT department, make sure that they're doing, you know, security risk assessments for you. Make sure that your security risk management program is in place. Make sure that they are doing all of the necessary things to ensure the stability and the protection of the information that your patients are entrusting you to safeguard. All right. That's going to wrap up this episode. The compliance guy, our hashtag Terry Tuesday episode. As always, I want to thank my very good friend, Terry Fletcher for hanging out with me for just a little while. Uh, we've got a, a couple really good interviews coming up later this week that I'm excited about. So until then, remember, be good to yourself, but more importantly, y'all be good to each other. Take care. You've been listening to The Compliance Guy. Sean has been doing this for 28 years. He holds 10 national board certifications. He's a partner and the vice president of compliance for Doctors Management, LLC. He's a subject matter expert in federal court. He's lectured at the most prestigious institutions. He's engaged with members of Congress in both chambers. So what we're saying is he's qualified? We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media at The Compliance Guy. See you next time on The Compliance Guy. <laughs>